So how about this? Chloe is 16 and plays the sax. She's good. So good. She was just accepted to Juilliard. Full scholarship. Because they live in, say, Charleston, South Carolina, it's a long way from home. This gives Ray several legitimate reasons why Chloe should stay home and finish high school. Instead of skipping her senior year and moving to a strange city where she knows no one. Besides, despite what a great sax player Chloe is, there are no guarantees. And the life of a musician is so unpredictable. Chloe, of course, is dying to go. Will Ray let her? Okay, we've set up a mirror. And something else. Something you're always on the hunt for as you dig through your characters' backstories, current conflict. Especially conflict wired to a ticking clock. Like, say, that Chloe has a week to let Juilliard know whether she'll accept their offer. Good. Ball and play. Now, what about Ray's dead husband, Tom? How does their relationship mirror or inform what will happen when she meets Cal? Well, here's a thought. Since Cal is much younger than Ray, why not make Tom much older? Excellent choice. It makes Ray... It means Ray knows that a relationship with a large age gap can work, even though, of course, being the younger woman mitigated the risk that would have been involved in a more level playing field. Which brings us to the force of opposition. What's standing in Ray's way besides her inner issue? Let's start with the societal norms. The kind that spur the snickering assumption that a young man on the arm of a woman of a certain age means that money must be changing hands. Of course, that she's a cougar conjuring the predatory image of heavy makeup, collagen-stung lips, and tummy tucks. This unspoken attitude permeates every element of the story, including Ray's psyche. Her heart beats with the question, what'll people say? Look at what they said about their ma- her mom, and that was just over paintings. Does that work as a force of opposition? Not yet. It's still too nebulous, too general. Sure, it'll be reflected in the way certain characters react to Ray and Cal, but it remains conceptual. Close your eyes, and you see nothing. We're looking for a more concrete obstacle, something we can picture. What Ray needs is a specific either-or preferably one that will be affected by a possible relationship with Cal. Which brings us to her boyfriend, the well-meaning but hapless Will, who has begun to push for marriage. Ray isn't sure why she hasn't said yes. He'd be a great stepfather for Chloe. He'd never stray, and he'd never tell her what to do. Which isn't to say there aren't a lot of traditional things he simply expects, Ray to do, and why not? She's led a traditional life up to now. But what Will will, but what Will doesn't know is that the harder she pushes, the more she realizes there are other possibilities. They're just on the other side of a door she's never dared open. Risk. 
then again, is insecurity what everyone is really after? And Will isn't such a bad guy, so Ray promises to give him an answer by the end of the week. Excellent. That's two balls in play. And finally, what about Cal? What's his story? What's his goal? What's his internal issue? Story first. Let's say Cal's been famous since he was 15. He's grown up in the spotlight. In two days, he's due to begin filming the movie that will catapult him from megastar to icon. Everyone says so. Trouble is, he's begun to suspect that being rich and famous isn't all it's cracked up to be. And he's feeling pretty darn sorry for himself. He's sick of being recognized wherever he goes. He wants to disappear for a few days so he can decide what to do next. That's goal, internal issue, and ball three. Okay, now we know our major players. Are we ready to begin? Well, let's apply our eyes wide shut test. If you close your eyes, can you see anything yet? Nope. We're still backstage in the dark. We have the who and the why. We need the were and the how before the action can begin, aka the what will happen, the plot. Figuring out the what. Let's pry off another layer in search of a place where Ray and Cal might bump into each other. What if there's a place each holds dear? What if it's the same place? Okay, that would work, but we have to be careful. It can't be the same place by coincidence, that is, because the plot needs to be needs to happen. Rather, because the plot needs it to happen. What we're looking for is a story reason that pulls them to the same place at the same time, fair enough. What if Cal's family used to rent a vacation cottage every summer on a small rugged island off the Carolina coast? What if it was the last place he remembers being himself? Before, fray, before fame struck. Okay, good. Let's say Ray's had a crush on Cal since the first time she saw him on screen when he really was jailbait and long before he became as famous as he is now. That's why soon, a- soon thereafter, when she read that Cal's family used to vacation on the island, on a lark, she decided to see whether the cottage was still available as a summer rental. And guess what? It was... So for the past several years, Ray, Chloe, and Will have summered there. Now we have something in both Ray and Cal's past that not only ties them to the same place, but ties them to it for the same reason. Now that we have a logical place where Cal and Ray can believably be thrown together, what about the how? We don't want a lot of people gawking at them, not at first, anyway, in fact, best if these two can get to know each other alone. So let's sift through what we already know about them and see if we can come up with an answer. What if it's the end of the summer? Ray has a week to decide if she's going to marry Will and whether she'll allow Chloe to go to the Juilliard. So she decides to stay on the island alone after everyone else has gone home to make up her mind. She knows there's a bit of risk in this. The island will be deserted and it's September, the middle of hurricane season. But after a lifetime of taking the safe route, she decides to take one little chance. And didn't we give Cal a deadline too? He's supposed to report to the set of that blockbuster he's about to film. But like Ray, 
he is having second thoughts about his future. Knowing his life will be forever changed if he appears in the movie, he needs to take a time out. He needs to be alone to figure out what to do next. And what better location than the last place he remembers being happy? The island. After all, it'll be deserted. How hard can it be to break into the cottage where he stayed as a boy? Notice that both our main characters have a clock that just started ticking. That means we've found our beginning. Each one is standing on the shore of before, staring into the distance, trying to make out the shape of after. The story will chart the path in between. Now we have why, where, how, when, and who. Close your eyes and you can begin to see it actually unfold. Is it the kind of perfectly formatted hierarchical outline that would have received a gold star back in elementary school? Probably not. Is it enough for you to start writing? Quite possibly. Our story is now securely anchored in the before and what happens will be met, meted out by ticking clocks tied to specific outcome events which will force our protagonist to confront the long-standing fears and desires that up to now they've swept under the rug. There will be a mounting sense of urgency and readers will indeed be able to anticipate what happens next. Do we know the answer to our original premise? What happens when a woman about to turn 40 meets a young actor she has secret crush on and they fall madly in love? Nope. We know something even more important turns out that it's not what our story is about. It's really about whether Ray can overcome her fear and risk showing her paintings knowing that regardless of the reaction she'll be okay. It's about facing who you are and taking the consequences, not to mention the perks, one of which just might be finding your true love. Just saying. Have we set the stage to find out? Yep. So you see, outlining doesn't have to take that spontaneity out of writing. You don't need to know exactly how the story is going to end, but you do need to know that what the protagonist will have to learn along the way. That is what her aha moment will be. And even if you do have a precise scene-by-scene -scene outline. As we discussed in chapter 2, there is no law that you have to stick to it. Sometimes the excitement of writing is discovering those places where the story suddenly screens into new territory on its own, and you realize its new direction makes even more sense than the one in which it was headed. Of course in this, as in most things in life, luck tends to favor the prepared. And the best preparation for writing. Any story is to know which, with clarity what your protagonist's worldview is, and more to the point where and why it's off base. Thus you have a clear view of the world as your protagonist sees it in sight into how she therefore interprets and reacts to everything that happens to her. It's what allows you to construct a plot that forces her to re-evaluate what she was so damn sure was true about when the story began. That is what your story is really about, and what readers stay up long past their bedtime to find out. Checkpoint. Do you know why your story begins when it does? What clock has started ticking? What is forcing your protagonist to take action, whether she wants to or not? Have you uncovered the roots of your protagonist's specific fears and desires? Do you know what her inner issue is? Can you trace it back to specific events in her past? Do you know how 
deeper inner issue then thwarted her desire right up to the moment the story begins. Have you made your character reveal their deepest, darkest secrets to you? I don't want to go all big brother on you, but if you let your characters hold back, we'll know, trust me. When writing character bios, are you just being specific enough? When you close your eyes, can you envision what happens or is it still conceptual? If you can't see it, there will be no yardstick to measure your protagonist's progress. You can't have an after without a before. Do you know where the story is going? This isn't to say you need to know how it ends when you write Ward 1, although it's not a bad idea, but unless you have some clue where it's headed, how can you be sure you've sown the seeds of the future that are on page 1?